0: What is up everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you from a couple of places live on the internet. We are live on YouTube. We're live on Crowdcast. Or maybe you're listening later as an audio podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts. It's all good all together now in the hood wherever you do that. And we have a great show for you tonight. We have a great guest tonight that I'll introduce in a little bit. But first, couple things to mention uh first thing that i will mention now uh, we talk sometimes about the benefits of joining our patreon patreon.com comic book club oh, and on our patreon slack this is super fun there is a march madness bracket that is being done oh wow you're really doing it slack yeah yeah a yeah. Uh, couple of folks have been you're together. actually
1: listening to justin even though he's not here you're
0: still what is your problem with wishes? this pete People who are involved in the Patreon Slap are doing some sort of sports thing that I barely understand. (laughs) I wanted to mention it and throw it out to them. Uh, I hope whatever it is that they raise enough funds to cure this March Madness that they have because it seems really debilitating. Whatever it is, (laughs) if you are interested, you can join in our Patreon. $2 or more. You get on the Slack. You can be in the March Madness bracket. Apparently, I am told it is a lot of fun. It is uh, not something <laughs> that I... Do you understand it? You're laughing at me. Do yeah, you know- I've, I've done the
1: brackets a bunch of times. I've walked away, though. I've kind of walked away clean. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. It drives me insane. I hurt too many people. I almost lost a job one
0: time. It was, you know, there was a lot oh, going on. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if it was something like March Madness and eventually Psycho Pirate one, I think I'd understand it. But with basketball, I'm it's, it's over my head, but still super fun that they're doing this. I'm excited. And I, again, apparently it was a lot of fun last year. So get on that. Another thing that I will mention that is super cool. Uh, this is something not with our Patreon slack, but for those of you who are into TV or know into called, TV, who are you? Into the world of TV, specifically if you're a fan of the show Superman and Lois on The CW, we have teamed up with the Paley Fest in Los Angeles. This is the Paley Center. They're going back to a live festival this year, and we're giving away five pairs, five pairs of free tickets to the Superman and Lois panel at Pelly Fest LA. That's, That's on cool. April 3rd at 2 p.m. It is pretty cool. So we're doing it through Twitter. If you're listening to this now, you got to go to twitter.com slash comic book live. we got a tweet up there. you got to do the whole follow, retweet, reply thing. It's mainly, honestly, just so we can keep track of it uh, and tell the winners at the end of this week. you got one week to do it. You also have to be in LA. There's no transportation provided or anything like that, but a pair of tickets, five of them, absolutely free for folks. If you're listening is it five tickets bit. or five pairs of tickets? Five like pairs of tickets, so 10 okay. tickets total. There five times go. two is 10. Don't tickets. undersell it. I mean, no, come absolutely on. Not. Uh, and the other cool thing about it is the full cast, or pretty much most of the cast, is going to be there to discuss everything as well as the EPs. There's going wow. to be an, I believe, an advanced showing of an episode, um, or a selected showing of an episode for this one. So, it should be very cool Sweet. if you're a fan of the show. And I don't know if you've watched it, but I love that show. I wish I was in L.A. to see this. It's too bad. I would have taken a pair of those free tickets away from one of our listeners, Pete. That's what I would have <laughs> yeah, done. There would have only been four. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, the other thing that I'll mention, uh, frequent listeners of the show will know that Stray Bullet, our CBC Stray chef, Bullies. Brett Macris, has been curating drinks. This week is a Oaxacan old-fashioned... I'm sorry, Wahabi? Oaxacan old-fashioned, oh, okay. which boy. is basically tequila... Mezcal, uh, agave, dash of bitters, and you're supposed to put some uh, lightly roasted orange peel in there. I didn't have an orange, so I didn't put it in. But basically, it's a glass of tequila and mezcal. So by the end of the show, I should be getting a little toasty. Wow. That's all I'm saying. Oh, boy. We're in trick. trouble. And last thing that I will mention before we bring our great guest in for yeah, well, the you're tonight. You're
1: this monologue.
0: We... <laughs> Feel free... Uh, oh, Kevin actually has a question just to jump back. Paley isn't simulcast at the NYU NY venue. It's not, sadly. They're trying to emphasize the live performance because great news. The pandemic is 100% over. No what? No one's getting COVID anymore. You can't just say that. No, no, no. I told you this before the show, but there's this really dirty Irish bar uh, on uh, Fifth Avenue and Knight Street, and they have a sign outside that says pandemic's over. Come and get a drink. And that's where I get all my <laughs> medical advice from. So oh I mean, they don't just up. say that out loud, man. Come on. That's not somebody
1: <laughs> listening could, you know, could get hurt or something. It's all right.
0: Uh, probably me. Honestly. It's all right. <laughs> You're it's like, okay. Eh, it's okay. Don't uh, even worry about it. But nice. last thing that I will mention, we have been asking folks to suggest original graphic novels. Old trade collections, current comic books that we might have missed in the iTunes comments, leave a rating. Some great and a bites review. we get in over these. These have been fun. I mean, yes, you can listen to this week's Stack Podcast to hear a little bit of a screamy match about the Daredevil Ultimate Collection Volume 1 by Brian Michael Bendis and David Mack, Joe Quesada. You couldn't
1: couldn't just say what the (laughs) thing
0: was. (laughs) (laughs) You guys will listen to that when that comes out. Uh, But that was the request for this week. That's going to be on this week's Stack. But we got a new one here, so I'm going to read the comment for you. This is from Seasash on iTunes. It's nice to... Seasash on iTunes. Uh okay yeah you have the same notes that i do pete it's a nice to listen to a comic book podcast where their hosts actually seem to enjoy comics rather than complain about them i try to catch the live show every week and listen to the stack podcast every wednesday i would love to hear you guys review the adventure zone here there be gerblins the comic book adaptation of the first arc of my favorite ever non-cbc podcast keep up the good work Uh, So there you go. Thank you, c Great suggestion. Definitely going to check out Adventure Zone. Here there be Gerblins. That won't be on this week's Stack Podcast. It'll be on the next week's, but... At first, I thought he was talking about one of those, like,
1: trampoline zone places. Like, they came out with their own comic book or something. Nope.
0: No, it was not based on trampoline zone. Okay, great, great. The store? The trampoline store? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's where kids have their
1: birthdays, you know? There's trampolines
0: all over the place. I think somebody tricked you. I think this was just a bunch of trampolines <laughs> <laughs> that somebody took you to experience. Yeah. And that was it. If you would like to suggest one, though, again, go to a Rate on iTunes, leave a comment, let us know. It can be Absolutely anything, you know, something that uh, we reviewed back at the beginning of the show or a couple of years ago that you want us to revisit. We've been getting some great suggestions, so definitely check it out. Good, and man. we are going to welcome our guest into the stream here. He is the writer of Batman and Psychology, Doctor Travis Langley. Hello, welcome. That sounds to like me. Guest. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> welcome, that's you. Hey, it's man. a huge coincidence. Hello. Y'all doing um, well? Excellent. Uh, well, thank you for coming out tonight. Like we were talking about a little bit before we went live with the show. Obviously, this is people seem to be talking about this was Batman. a long
2: time ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so long ago.
0: We go way back. People seem to be talking about this Batman fellow, particularly right now. Uh, com- perhaps not totally coincidentally, a new edition of your book came out on March 1st, I believe. Uh, a yeah, second not edition not
2: coincidentally no
0: not coincidentally <laughs> uh but this book has been around for a while and you've written a bunch of books about different psychology of pop culture figures uh, just to take it back and talk very broadly where did this interest start with you was it that you were learning about psychology but also passionate about pop culture decided to jam them together did one come before the other how did it work
2: well, it depends on where we start um <laughs> you started birth he... what's
0: your first memory
2: uh, my, my, my earliest confirmable memory Is meeting one of my grandfathers When I was two and three quarters It's the earliest one we can confirm when it was And it is within the range of when memories are possible Since you asked this question oh, You want to go with one <laughs> with relevant to the topic uh, My baby book shows that One of my earliest words was Batman Oh wow, <laughs> Nice Two different pages in the baby book say that Wow uh, People tend to misquote me and say it was the first word. It's like, no, but it was, it was one of the first words. Uh, it's uh, how I started on this stuff. You've got this guy in the waiting room, Danny Fingeroth. He had written a book, Superman on the Couch. Mm-hmm. And he was looking at what superheroes mean and what they say about culture and people. And, uh, and I got to thinking, it's like, well, I want to write this kind of book, but as an actual psychologist. Uh, that summer I was teaching a psychology and literature course. Uh, After somebody else had retired and, and I took over the class and found these fictional examples were just a great way for the students to learn about real human nature. They were learning more psychology than even I had expected to. And a number of other things went on that summer to make me know, you know, I need to take some of these things I'm doing. I need to write an article about Batman. Within a year, I had so many
0: things in my head. I need to write a book about Batman. Wow. That's well, awesome. this may be jumping ahead a little bit, but given that there have been so many depictions of Batman, not just through comics, but also through TV and movies and everything else, and I know you address this a little bit. Not a, a yeah, you bit, break it down in, book, in the book. Break yeah, it down. It's great. How, Chapter two how, is which Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. How, how do you crystallize something like that? Like, do you think there is a psychological core of Batman, or does it vary based on the interpretation?
2: There's definitely a core. There are certain things that if they're not there, readers are gonna look at it and go it's like, well, that's not really Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's not Bruce Wayne right there, it's a guy in a Batman costume. <laughs> he is Bruce Wayne, whose parents were murdered before his eyes when he was a child. Even the Adam West show referred to that twice. Uh, he has money. Although he's still Batman even if he loses the money, but that money's in his background, and he uses it to build wonderful toys and punch people in the dark and and help keep other people from going through what he went through. There is this core of that character that is there, and if any piece from that is missing, we don't really feel like this is Batman. We feel like it's a different character and across all these different versions and all these changes that have happened over the years, you know, Frank Miller and Brian Michael Bendis have said Batman's the one character in popular culture who can fit any kind of story, whether it's a children's tale, more adult stories, uh, horror, comedy, adventure, detective. He can fit any of them, and, and it is an amazing character. That's why I had used the Batman for examples when showing my students how to do assignments in that literature class. Mm-hmm. I, I did the homework myself, but with Batman as my example. <laughs> and sometimes I wrote so much stuff. I didn't show them what I'd written because it was more than I wanted them to inflict on me more than I wanted them to write. for <laughs> wow. uh, But that, that was why this stuff was, was Batman is a character. They all know
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's, it's hard to pull a character that they all know as I know they have not all read, the comics. I I even know they have not all seen the movies as, as, as strange as that seems, there is no popular culture topic that they all know well, but they've at least heard of certain things. Everybody has some awareness of Batman. They may not know all know who Darth Maul is, but they know who Batman is (laughs) and that's what makes him a wonderful. And he's, he's psychologically conflicted. He's got these layers using this character with this dual identity as examples when talking about the fiction immediately made them think about their own characters. They were analyzing in greater complexity Thinking, "Well, what's this character like in this area of life and that area of life and this area of life. We bring different faces to different situations and then it sneaks up on them where they're analyzing themselves
0: through this filter of what they've been looking at. Hmm. Is there a interpretation of Batman somewhere in media that you are particularly drawn to? Or is that, that is your favorite?
2: There are, it, it depends on when you ask me. There are times ah, when it's going nice, to yeah, be my childhood Batman. And there are times mm-hmm. when it's like, I am not in the mood for for that stuff. Especially season three of the Adam West show. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, in terms of what s- speaks to me as being Batman so much more, it's uh, Steve Englehart kind of crystallized it from what Danny, uh, Danny O'Neill had been writing recently uh, at, at their point with those stories. Uh, that's, uh, but Batman had mostly one issue or two issue stories, and those play to his strengths. That's also part of why Batman the Animated Series is so strong. It pulled from the best of all the history usually one-part stories, maybe two-part stories, and Batman got to solve things as opposed to a 30-issue, multi-title crossover where every superhero looks incompetent for letting this go on for so very long.
0: (laughs) One thing that you were mentioning a little bit in your book, and this sort of bounces off what you were just saying a little bit, is that Batman is pretty big in terms of maybe not treating PTSD, but at least talking about PTSD. Why is that aspect important in particular?
2: That is the one people want to bring up with me more than almost anything else with Batman. He was talking about trauma somehow. He went through trauma. It defined his life. His whole mission is about that trauma and trying to keep others from going through the similar traumas. He does not let it go. He. he some people say, well, Batman be, be better. He needs therapy. He thinks that would be selfish. Okay. He does not want to let that go. It is uh, falls into some of what we call post-traumatic growth. People who have gone through trauma, but th- that leads them into life's purpose, a mission, a, a place, a thing to do. And they tend to hang on to their traumas more than most people, which is also a characteristic of PTSD. But they they, they take their pain and find something purposeful for it, such as Candace Leitner, whose daughter got killed by a drunk driver. and. She was so appalled by the light sentence he got, she made her version of the Batman vow to wage war on all drunk drivers and found what was originally called Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, and now Mother Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Uh, name a number of different people. That don't have to be that extreme. Uh, so I can also talk about PTSD itself, go through specific symptoms and show that Batman, as usually written, does not quite fit a full set. He certainly has a number of symptoms, but he falls short of having full enough set to fully qualify for it by DSM criteria, throwing out some technical letters there and stuff. Mm. And that talking about that, people come to my thing, they want to look at Batman, right. But um, I'm sneaking up some learning about real human nature. I get to show them that, yeah, Batman, it's a different take on Batman, but it also shows them PTSD is not necessarily exactly what they think it is. Mm.
1: I I tell you one of my uh, favorite things about the book is it really does just kind of, Break everything down. It's like, all right, if you want to talk about Batman, let's talk about which Batman. Let's. Mm-hmm. These are all the Batmans. These are different ones and why. And then also, if we're going to talk about Batman, let's talk about PTSD. Let's talk about fear. Let's talk about masks and what masks are and who wears them and why and how we all have them and stuff. And it's a, such a cool kind of like, oh, we're getting into this. Like, we're going to cover it all. We're going to, if we're talking about it, like these are all the things that kind of make up this character. Um, and what's interesting is, it's just like, we're not tired of it yet. You know, like, I'm still excited yeah. about the next thing. And, uh, you know, so it's it's always, in you know, the animated series is my favorite. He's an
2: amazingly
1: durable character.
2: And here I am, 10 years after I put out the first edition of the Batman book, and people are still talking to me about Batman all the time. And, and finally, doing this the say, after a dozen other books, the 12th of which was The Joker Psychology, uh, I have the second edition of Batman and Psychology. With yeah, you know, I've got tweaks all throughout, but two new chapters because of things that have come up real heavily in the last decade. One of the new chapters is about Batman's use on guns and killing.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially right the I mean, there. Were yeah. People have
2: been discussing it, people who were bothered by some of it back in the 89 movie, but this past decade with the Affleck version in particular really getting people talking about a lot of it is should he or shouldn't he well my batman doesn't kill yes he does no he doesn't (laughs) that's an argument that can never end but for me what is interesting is the psychological issues that would go into well why wouldn't he Mm -hmm. and is that those are some things that get into the defining qualities of that character and back to real people and the the other new chapter uh, is uh, on batman is inspiration it's like the earlier part of the chapter about how he's inspiring other people in his world, like Cassandra Kane and Batgirl. There's an earlier chapter on the Robins, Growing Up Robin, but the, the latter part of that inspiration chapter is about how Batman and why this fictional character can inspire people in the real world. Uh, some of it is just uh, m- motivating somebody to overcome you know, some challenge in life. A, a journalist, Jill Pantozi with muscular dystrophy as a small child kept wishing she would wake up with superpowers and when she finally knew as a little girl that would never happen batman still inspired her she would think you know what batman doesn't have superpowers and he does it just fine Uh, to paul dini uh, who created harley quinn wrote for batman the animated series and was suicidal and self-destructive after a, a brutal mugging Left him feeling how can I write about heroes when you know no hero showed up to save me? But he found himself having mental conversations with superheroes, especially Batman, who was like his mental drill sergeant, you know, telling him to get off his butt and, and, and get back to work and you know, don't take that drink. And uh, th- th- this helped save him. So there are a lot of ways in which the f- fictional examples can inspire people in real life. If Lance Armstrong was your hero once upon a time, and you find out some things about Lance. You can't exactly go, well, that's not my Lance unless you're his mom. Um, but <laughs> say you don't buy into a particular version of Batman. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Affleck version, the Pattinson version, or the West version, you can go, that's not my Batman, but here's my Batman. Your, your Batman is in your head anyway. You've got your particular things you like about Batman, You know your concept of him. Uh, but that, that's that's even how we relate to real people, oddly enough. Um, you you are a fictional character, you don't see yourself exactly as you are in real life. That would be incredibly depressing for most people. Yeah, we, we have <laughs> this story that we construct in our heads, and it's a useful story, it's a survival mechanism, helps empower us, and and somehow you know, relating to fictional characters helps us with these things.
0: Hmm. Cool. What about, uh, let's jump into the current thing. I don't know if you had a chance to see it in theaters yet, but the new- Oh, yeah, several you times. You have. Oh, wow, several times yeah, there. Several yeah. times, all right. Uh, three so hours. what's your take on that? I mean, obviously, you don't necessarily get a chance to touch on that in the book, I, I assume, unless I missed it, because- I've got
2: uh, uh, a page and a half, talk, or not quite a page and a half in there, talking about what, what was known about it at the time. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah the exactly. Things he that talks you about the bad That's also an area where it's very fortunate for me that the executive producer of the movies uh, is my friend and who wrote my foreword, so that uh, I was kind of relying on him to let me know if I was going the wrong direction with that. So there's there's stuff in there.
0: Well, so what's your take on that then? Because this is clearly a movie that at least strives to delve more into the psychology of the Batman than I would argue any other movie that's gone before. So how successful do you think they were there? And what does it say about the Batman as a character?
2: This is Batman at his most depressed. <laughs> he is an incomplete Brilliant. person. We have yeah. not in live action seen him at this point. We, we He's kind of like Jesus in the stories. He, uh, He's a boy, and then he's grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, 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 in that, so... Uh, in that regard, there's so much we miss out. Well, there are stories like Gotham, where they play out several years of him growing up. They still, they still skip 10 years. 10 mm-hmm. years of training and other things that go on before the finale. Yeah. There are just so many things in Batman. Seriously, like, when does he decide, I'm going to dress like a bat? This is the logical thing to do. When mm-hmm. does he decide, I'm going to be a vigilante? And how does he go about forming the fake Bruce Wayne that he's showing to the public? So this is a Batman who is becoming Batman, even though he's been at it two years on the crime fighting career. He has not completely fleshed out everything he needs to be. He has not fleshed out the public Bruce Wayne persona. His public Bruce Wayne barely exists.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like lurching around a little bit. He doesn't
0: know, you know. Yeah, it just seems. Yeah, we yeah. did a we did a Batman podcast, and this is, I mean, very mild the spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet. But the way that Robert Pattinson holds himself when he's Bruce Wayne, his jaw is clenched so tight. I was so mm-hmm. worried about him the entire time. Not, one, on smile. Fiz- yeah, not yeah. one smile. Yeah, not one smile. Have we he's- seen a
2: Batman that didn't even have one smile? Even as you. Know- close to depressed seeming Keaton was he sometimes smiled
0: yeah well so what do you think about that that I mean I think you touched on that a little bit but I take it as the idea that like you're saying he doesn't this is them coming from first the direction of he is Batman first or at least he thinks about himself as Batman first Bruce Wayne second and like you say he hasn't built this mask for Bruce Wayne yet but did you view it the same way
2: yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't even want to want to. At least in, he doesn't want to think of himself that way. It's like it's all about the mission. He doesn't. His parents' legacy. He's not concerned about. This is my legacy, and that's in one of the trailers. I'm not giving anything away there. Uh, he's going to have to learn. He's going to have to learn. There are reasons for the Bruce Wayne, not just the Bruce Wayne persona, but to take an interest in. Hey the business that pays for the toys and the legacy that the parents have left behind. And I go too much further there. I'm getting into spoilers, but he he's going to need to learn. And I'm not, he's, he grows over the course of the movie. I'm not sure how much he's grown. He has learned a really important lesson as, as spelled out plainly in a voiceover at the end. It begins and ends (laughs) with a voiceover. Uh, This is different for Batman because we do see, Oh, this is what he's writing in his journal. In English, so man, he'd better protect these journals. Or if Rachel Ghul shows up, he won't even have to decode anything. To get <laughs> it back in the files. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful film. I, I the more the the more I think about it, the more I enjoy it. Some films you get to think about as it, like, eh. uh, with me, it's yeah. like I enjoyed it more the second time, and I. I, I so many aspects of what's going on in human nature him and em and the riddler how they're both incomplete people i mean they're played out blatantly for you to see some similarities from the first Mm -hmm. appearance of each and certain things they are both incomplete people you know i was just writing something for psychology today about how every version of catwoman live action helps bruce wayne be a more complete person Mm -hmm. the one in batman returns um in Batman Returns, Bruce Wayne starts off just sitting in the dark in, in in the Wayne Manor, not even pretending to be socially involved like he was at the beginning of the previous movie until the Bat-Signal comes on and he springs to life. That Selina gets him back in touch with Bruce Wayne. In The Dark Knight Rises, she gets him back in touch with being Batman after seven years of moping. She steals his jewels and she leads him back into the Batcave by doing that. Uh, this this Selina, it's a little more... Uh, complicated i mean she doesn't even meet bruce wayne but she makes him think about bruce wayne real hard she gets him in touch with the need to take an interest in other people so we want to go through all of them even the uh version of uh, catwoman back in the adam west movie she mm-hmm. was she revealed that bruce wayne has a a, a, well, a sexual side to him that was batman at his horniest
0: love that uh we have a couple of questions popping up for you this is one over on youtube boy racer uk and we were sort of talking about this specifically but this is a little more general says i have a question for dr langley is bruce wayne the batman or is batman pretending to be bruce wayne
1: yes (laughs) aha
0: so to some
2: degree it depends on who's writing the story and how they view these things um, if we're going to talk in general, rather than just the Batman, it's an easy answer with the Batman. He's just Batman. He just mm-hmm. is. I'm closer to doing a Kevin Conroy there. but um, <laughs> as, as usually, he's a three part character. This is how I've seen him, this is how Christopher Nolan sees him. Um, i know other people take different views um most will say batman's the real person pretending to bruce wayne paul levitt says no it's more complicated than that he's the boy whose parents got killed in front of him and and my view is closer to christopher nolan's there is the public act of bruce wayne true And, and yes batman is what's closer to his heart but there's this batman act as well the extra scary urban legend who can't show that he can be harmed there's an act to that as well we see him closest to who he really is like when he's just down in the bat cave talking to alfred uh i talked with kevin conroy about this and conroy said well he's truest to himself when he's alone And it's like that's probably true but we don't have a dialogue with somebody else to reveal much of the personality going on there <laughs> that's true um it differs with the writers. Different writers take different points of view and they all have some validity. Are you really the person you are hanging out with your buddies? Or are you the person you are at grandma's house? They're both really part of you, but they're both very different and they're they're both hiding something.
0: <laughs> I mean, this is something that you uh, started to touch on just before, but is there an aspect of Batman where when his parents were killed in the alley that he almost was held in stasis as a child from that point or is that is that not quite the right interpretation
2: no part of him he is um he's emotionally stuck it's it's this word fixation where somebody's some people use it to use about obsessed about a particular thing and that can be related but in terms of psychological development it means they are emotionally stuck at some particular stage of development and there was a comment but tom king wrote it's conversation where selene where is talking to bruce and she says you're still that eight-year-old boy aren't you although king made him 10 but you're still that 10 year old boy aren't you and uh it's, yeah, there, part of him is very much he keeps going back to that moment over and over it's um that is so central to his identity and there are parts of him his, his life got rerouted a different path some aspects of him just never got to completely flesh out and um just, you've got more questions. I'm even seeing more pop up
0: over here. <coughs> and we've got some folks ready to talk about another topic, too. So, <laughs> Well, here, I'll, I'll read that one. This is from Kevin over on okay. Crowdcast. You've written, edited psychology books for several DC and Marvel heroes, The Walking Dead, and others. What books do we need to check out, and why is it Doctor Who? <laughs> well, as for what
2: books you need to check out, it depends on your own interest, uh, of course. Uh, and I've got... Uh, with with Batman, it's thirteen books. We just turned in to the publisher book fourteen. Um, the publisher hasn't announced it, uh, so I, I don't tend to mention what the books are. It's about things that are stranger. I guess that's about as much as I'll say. Um, oh, it's hard I to figure be out. clear. Um, and then we're talking about what book fifteen will be. I think fifteen will be back to a superhero, and it's fifteen and sixteen. Um, so but half of them are on comic book characters. Since I got The Walking Dead, that's half comics, half TV show as far as how we think of them. So six and a half out of 13 books are comic book characters, even if I have to talk about the movies. As far as talking about Doctor Who, I love Doctor Who. I've always loved Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who Psychology, Madman with the Box. If I'm doing a second edition for the 60th anniversary, I've got to change that subtitle because he's also a she. Mm-hmm. yeah there you the doc- go. The doctor who we, we get to talk about a lot of personality psychology and how in the world this character that goes through different personality changes yet has a certain core of personality through every incarnation just like all those incarnations of batman or anything else there's certain things that have to be there or it's not the doctor you know, despite turning into a different actor with a different you know way of playing <laughs> it uh, it's uh We've got, we've got interviews with several of the doctors, and we've got interviews with four of the past doctors. Um, if I'm doing a second edition for the 60th anniversary, we've also gotten a couple of other doctors, including one that are really surprised folks that we got them. Uh, but uh, I, I enjoy every single one of these books when we're doing them, or we don't do them. They're topics mm-hmm. people bring up to me. And mm-hmm. it doesn't even necessarily have to be something I'm already a fan of, but something that... I think I I could enjoy focusing on this for a while. Um, If it's one I don't know as well, I will become an expert on it, at least for the while. And and four times I've gotten uh, um, uh, co-editors working with me. But there's so many topics out there. Um, It's stuff I love. And so we're going to keep going back to superheroes. It's very fortunate for me this is a time when people buy superhero stuff.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure it varies from book to book. It certainly sounds like you've been a literal lifelong fan of Batman. So certainly you're familiar with it there. But when you're tackling something that perhaps is a relatively new subject or something you know only a little bit about, what's involved in the research process there? Do you consume every piece of media about the thing, then look into psychological texts? How do you tackle it?
2: We start with what seems like something that uh, we could legitimately talk about real psychology that uh, enough people would know and that that the publisher will let me do. So there's certain things people go, oh, are you ever going to do a book, say, uh, of course, this example could change. But a few years ago, when people say, are you going to do a book on Moon Knight? It's like most of the public doesn't know who Moon Knight is. And I'm sure a publisher won't let me do that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there there, and there are some good topics that I love. It's like, I'm not going to do Scooby-Doo psychology. What would Scooby-Doo? Um, <laughs> even though I love Scooby-Doo, but... I- it's a little harder to bring the depth of
0: psychology of real human nature. I could do it, but uh, it's like it's not I mean, I'd love to know day. though what uh, drives an old man to put on a weird ghost mask like that and terrorize some kids. You know, uh, let's really it's, get it's
2: into power it. histrionics. Of course, you know that they, they want the the money like Batman villains, yeah, sure, and sure, they want sure. to do it in a flamboyant, creative way. They've got these same histrionic needs as many Batman villains. See, I can bring it back to the top. <laughs> That's right. impressive. Uh, so, uh, but but say we were going to do. One I didn't know as well. Um, well, okay, Game of Thrones was one where I had not seen the entire series. Hmm. Uh, I, I had watched early episodes, and I'd read I'd, I'd read the first book way back when it first came out. So yeah, you know, I, I had familiarity with Game of Thrones, but I didn't know I was not an expert on it. And when I mean, it was, it, it really seemed like a good time to do a book on Game of Thrones. It's like okay, well, one, watch all the episodes. Make sure I think there's plenty to talk about that I want to talk about not just that the publisher really wants me to sell. <laughs> and, 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 and yes, there's plenty of things to bring in here. And, uh, and I could also you know, stand living around this book for a few months. And, but I don't explore every media. I, I will search and see if people have already explored certain psychological topics, as I don't necessarily want to repeat. Even across all these books, I make sure that's like, by gosh, um,
0: we want to vary it for the people who bought
2: them all. Mm. Okay.
0: Uh, Now, we got another thing here. Uh, This is from uh, somebody named Luana Nananana, who says, could this be the CBC episode that moves all the co-hosts to pursue therapy and start talking about their feelings? Tell them that talking about their feelings is good. I mean, listen, here's the thing.
2: Talking about your feelings is good.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, you. We talk about our feelings. We're all feelings here. I mean, particularly Pete, I'm just going to say that. But let's say you've known us for a while now, around 30 (laughs) minutes or so. Uh, If you could recommend one of your texts that would be best for each of us to check out to sort of delve into our psychological issues, Ooh. what would you recommend for Pete and for me? Oh gosh, That's, uh, <laughs> we well, won't take insult to anything, but well, one, yeah. one
2: would be because well, you, you've already delved into the Batman book, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that is the one by far that more people know than any other that I've ever done. That they know that so well, so thoroughly. Um, and, and then uh, give, give one of you, Batman. One of you Star Wars psychology, and let you fight out over who's going to do which one. Nice. Oh man, I nice. love it.
0: Let's do both, Pete. What do you say? Sounds good. <laughs> All right, awesome. Travis, anything else you want to plug before we let you go?
2: It's uh, what do I want to plug? Uh, go go watch my YouTube on the Wired channel. Well, my YouTube on the Wired channel. Yes, go watch my YouTube on the Wired channel or my <laughs> video on the YouTube channel for Wired. Mm-hmm. Uh, they that asked me to talk about each and every Batman villain. And the last I looked, it was like at 199,000 views. So, hey, be the one cool. to get it over to the uh, So, which was is pretty cool for the last week. It was it was very cool that Wired asked me to do that. Uh, or or read my read my hey read, read the Wall Street Journal for uh, today. The print version. They quote me on page two. Of a story that started on the front page. Front page Wall Street Journal. Woo-hoo.
0: <laughs> there we go, nice. and people yeah. can check out Batman and Psychology everywhere. You can get it from Amazon everywhere,
2: from, Amazon, yeah. Barnes and Noble's. Or, Barnes and Noble ordered more copies than anybody else. Um, uh, so, Barnes whoop. and Noble has always been very good uh, to me. I think more people get it through there in person and uh, Amazon in uh, you know, well online. And I, I see Danny Fingross endorsement there by Travis's book, and I will, <laughs> I will say Danny's book, Superman on the Couch led me to doing these things by all of danny's books you will be enlightened you will be a better human being
0: for reading danny's books i love that i nice. love having a plug for somebody else's books at the end of your books that's great <laughs> travis thank you so much for coming on the show it was a sure. pleasure um talk to fun. yeah take care Bye. all right all right there we go once again that was dr travis langley the book is called batman and psychology and as mentioned you can get it absolutely anywhere that books are Pretty damn
1: cool, man. I was
0: pretty impressed to kind of read through all the work and everything that went into that. Yeah, it's very cool. And he touched on this. I'll just mention this, Uh, but there are multiple forwards by uh, Michael Uslan, who's produced all of the Batman movies, as well as Denny O'Neill. And there's some great, great material throughout the book that tells into the entire history of the character. So it's very cool and a lot of fun to read at the same time as well. Great. And now we're going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you can do is drop a question in the comments over on YouTube or ask a question over here on Crowdcast. But before we get into it now, Pete, I've already explained what I'm drinking. What are you drinking tonight? What oh, you, you know, I'm tap. I'm uh, drinking a little bit of
1: vodka and orange crush. You know, sometimes you have to look and see what you have in your fridge and just be like, hey, vodka
0: will go with that. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to recommend several of those psychological texts for you, and then we'll get back on that. Uh, this is from Kevin over on Crowncast says, what are your favorite and least favorite changes to superheroes powers for film or TV adaptations? I assume this is tying in. Uh, I don't know if folks checked it out, but there was a trailer for Miss Marvel, the TV show on Disney+. Plus. And one of the things they've done is she doesn't have embiggening powers anymore, and she's not an inhuman, most likely. Instead, she can create some sort of energy constructs around her, allow her to walk on stuff through the air. They still have the embiggening fist. She creates that in one point or maybe two points in the trailer. Uh, But it is a big change in terms of her powers. Um, So what do you think, Pete? Favorite and least favorite changes to superheroes' powers for film or TV adaptations? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite change, but
1: I think that like I would just say kind of least favorite was when Superman threw that like plastic S off of his chest and it mm-hmm. like covered the bad guy in tinfoil for a couple seconds. I would say that was one of my least favorite. Man, um, they did. They didn't care at all. Yeah, they were <laughs> just, <laughs> just like yeah. They were just like ah, that'll happen. Flying um, backwards around the earth to turn back down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, and I just think that, like, what, what we're seeing now where people are taking what, you know, is the core of the character and maybe having a couple different things happen where it still, like, feels like just an extension of what we know and appreciate about the character, you know? Because some people might just see like any little change and completely freak out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, let's let's say a Wolverine type character mm-hmm. where that is uh, not portrayed as a specific height, even though that's a huge part of who the character is. And, uh, oh, wait, I see somebody in the comments saying, like, why would Pete wear a Wolverine shirt? That's just to remind Zelvin subliminally that uh, he mentioned that, like, there are amazing Wolverine comics out there and he would put it in the stack, but he hasn't done that yet. So just <laughs> thanks for shouting it out there. Oh, the wow. Yeah. It's so weird.
0: I'm reading the comments and nobody said that. Huh. Uh, uh, you, know just you, my... you know, you can ask for things to be in the stack, Pete. You don't need to get like candy about it. In the, the, I'm just show. doing
1: what the people want. It's not weird. Really me. I'm
0: reading a comment. Here, that's actually in here from your girlfriend asking you to talk about your feelings. <laughs> that's actually here, yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing, this is a broad thing, Kevin, but we talk about this a lot. I just think the MCU has, for the most part, done a great job of picking and choosing what they want from comic books and kind of ignoring the rest, and that's okay. Like, again, we talk about this a lot, but I think, uh, the first thing that came to mind, this isn't a power thing, but Uh, one of the smartest decisions that they made was in Thor, in the first Thor movie, when he gives that very simple, what you call magic, we call science. And it's just this very simple thing of like, people would not have accepted it at that time if they're like, I'm a magic god! And they understood that and moved forward from there. Now, over a decade on, people are like, ah, whatever, do whatever, it's fine, just go with it. We're gonna have Multiverse of Madness and Doctor Strange going through it, it's all good. But like that was such a smart decision and something that really just pushed them through all of these movies where that was not in the comics. They were gods in the comics, but making that little change, it doesn't insult comic book readers. It just makes it make more sense in terms of the span of the movies. And I do think we talked about this on the Batman podcast as well. The Batman to me feels like the first DC movie that did that, where it tried to like, Pick and choose little pieces of Batman mythology from the comics and make them all kind of work together for the movie the way they wanted it to work versus being like, well, we're adapting this storyline and this is what needs to happen. Or alternately going the opposite direction, be like, Batman is stupid and we hate Batman. Let's make fun of this whole thing the entire time. It feels reverential of the comics without feeling like it needs to be slavish to the comics, I guess is what I would say. Hmm. Uh, we got, uh, we got a question. Oh, uh, yes. Here we got a question here over on YouTube. This is from David Quinley. What do you think the appeal of superheroes says about us? Ooh, getting deeply Whoa, psychological. Wow, on this. Man. What do you think, Pete? What does the idea of superheroes say about us? The appeal of superheroes.
1: I I think it, there is something about the, belief in um standing up for what you believe in or trying to do what's right even if it means like you know wearing spandex or something like that you know what i mean Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I, i mean i think there's something to be said for a power fantasy like not in a bad way but in a way of like like we were talking about uh, earlier on during the interview, of being stronger than you are, being more powerful than you are for whatever reason. Um, I think there's something appealing about that. But I, I agree with you, Pete. The main thing that's always drawn me to superheroes is sort of this moral compass of just, even when it gets murky, ultimately somebody like a Superman knowing, this is really hard, but I'm going to push through anyway, and I'm going to achieve this thing. And i frankly... Tying into our conversation about Batman, always been very surprised, not, not anymore, but I think there was a certain point when I found like I would go back to Batman and look at Batman as like the symbol of strength and moral clarity when Mm. the comics will often push him as, like, extreme beat-em-up dude and dark vengeance and all these things. But I found that I'd be writing articles, like, frankly, to be frank about it, like, in the wake of Aurora, I remember very specifically being like, no, this is not what Batman is about. This is not what these characters are about. This is not what these comics are about. This is what it's about, and this is what it means to me. And there's been a lot of other instances like that where I've gone back to characters like that where it is about overcoming and pushing past yourself and lifting up other people. So there you go. That, that's what I think the appeal is. Let's go over to Stray Bullies over here on Crowdcast. This is, Speaking of Batman as psychology, is Batman forever doomed to be alone or will he ever be happy and content? Or is that in context for the character? For example, he's happy with Selina or with his Robins around, but never truly outwardly happy. Will he ever marry Selina Kyle?
1: Well, I mean, that's the kind of like in the Tom King Bat and Cat, you know, they kind of really explored this idea of if he was happy in his life, would then Batman slip? Would he not be so focused? Like, he needs this darkness in his day life to kind of fuel his night, uh, you know, seeking for uh, you know, all the bad people out there in Gotham. So, uh, and they kind of explored that, yes, if he was uh, just kind of, you know, um, happy and that kind of thing would make him soft. Um, but it is uh, sad to think that like for somebody to, you know, achieve greatness that they can't have happiness. So I don't like that, Do nor do I prescribe to it. Um but that's the kind of like uh, the kind of take that uh, Tom King was doing with the old Batman. I mean, cat. I
0: think we saw pretty clearly though in the best Batman movie that ultimately, if Batman achieved his goals and really beat evil in Gotham City, he could go retire in Paris and hang out in a nice cafe with Selena Kyle, and that would just be. Like a lovely, fun time for
1: him. Well, I mean, there is this thing of like, you know, if he, get, he couldn't get too old and he's got to have someone take over, he's got
0: to trust that person to kind of
1: totally. know gospel That God person someone. is
0: Joseph Gordon-Levitt, whose name, real name is Robin. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he found the cave. That's mm-hmm. half the battle right there. There you go. You, you got to know where you park the car and yeah. Got
0: or, the you know. cave, dot, dot, dot. You're Batman. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Anybody who lives in a cave is bad. First Batman, step, is... <laughs> find the cave. Second step, you're Batman. No, I, I mean, to get back to the question more seriously, I think the thing that I always think about in these instances is that absolutely brilliant panel from 1608, the Neil Gaiman book where mm. Reed Richards is talking about the thing and he's like, I will try to cure you. But of course the thing is, I just feel like you are more satisfying the way you are. And that to me is like Neil Gaiman being like, this is why comics are the way they are like in one battle. This is the way the characters are. No, Batman's never going to be happy. Batman's never going to be like, I'm happily married to Selina Kyle. And I don't, there's no more crime in Gotham at the end. They're a never ending battle. They just keep going. And it ultimately, I think if you got to that end there, you wouldn't be satisfied. You wouldn't be happy with it because you'd be like, oh, OK, that's that's it. There's no more. <laughs> we're, we're done. That's not the point of comics and that's not the way they work. Um,
1: It would be crazy. Bold move, though, to just be like, yep, Batman's done. He's yes. happy now.
0: Uh yeah, there you go. All right. I think that is it for our questions. So we are going to move it to our next section, which is trivia. And hopefully you remember to Why do it are you this week. Winking at me. What was that hopefully, about? Hopefully, a wink. I'm just hoping you remember this to trivia... do it this week, Pete. Oh, okay.
1: So if we get it one time and now it's an issue. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Okay. The trivia. We're going to turn it over to Pete LePay.
0: Do we have somebody or is it a first-hand-up situation? No, no, no. We do indeed have somebody. So okay, I cool. will welcome him into the stream now. As soon as I find him in here. Here we go. Uh, our contestant this week, if we can make his way into the stream, is Kieran Brondrick. That's going to come here and compete for ostensibly a $25 gift card to Big Comics. Though, we did donate the last two weeks uh, there was a site related to TX Trans Kids, I believe was the website. Um, I ended up, they can't directly do donations, but there was an advocacy program for trans education in the Texas area that we did donate the last two weeks of $25 prizes to. So uh, cool. there you go. Yeah. yeah awesome. So if you want to abstain from a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics for whatever oh, reason, that's a lot course. of pressure now we're putting it, you know. I mean, like, up to you if you want $25 in comics or if you want to help people. <laughs> that's a dumb
1: Hey, Jane, hello! Hey. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Uh, oh, look at this. Superman, uh, Superman oh. background action there. Look at Oh, wow, that's cool. I love this. This is so cool.
0: Yeah. Hey, this, is,
2: this is my work from
0: home office, so why not? Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, it's awesome. You got a nice Superman panel there. You got a is that Christopher Reeve picture of Christopher yeah, Reeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stencil thing of Christopher Reeve. I don't know, some random shop years ago.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, oh, that's Super- great. There's a framed Superman poster. And you cool. also have a, a sweet, what does that shirt say? A Lonosaurus?
2: Oh, uh, uh, a Clonasa- Billy and the
0: Clonosaurus. Billy and the Clonosaurus. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And it looks like Jurassic Park. I love this. I need to get that shirt. Pete, I'm going to let you take it away for trivia. All right
1: here we go today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend the amazing jonathan r.i.p please listen please listen to all three options before making your selection here we go question number one who will be reuniting in the marvel's voices pride anthology is it a the young avengers b the Restless Avengers or is it C Dick Warlock so it's either A if you would like $25 or you could pick something else and be completely wrong I'll go with A A is correct The Young Adventures The Young Adventures <laughs> you're doing great okay. dude. yeah I'm, the fuck is getting to me alright here we go <laughs> question number two who is getting a new successor before their movie debut is it a, Morbius, don't pick it. Or is it B, Black Adam? Or is it C, Terra Strong? So it's either B, Black Adam, or it could be B, I think is really what I'm... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go with B. Nice job, nice job. All right, here we go. <laughs> last one, last one. Who was said to be cut? from the obi-wan kenobi disney plus series is it a darth maul b bib fortuna or is it c g james balsamo so it's either a darth maul which is what we're looking for here and the correct answer or you could say b or c
2: uh, cut in
1: more
2: ways than one, Darth Maul. I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. wow, man.
0: Nice. Well, congratulations! Done. You have won a twenty-five dollar gift card to Midtown Comics. Now, do you have a guess for the secret movie? There's no way that uh, Pete was hinting at in the third answer is Pete. It is
1: the 2018 movie, The Lich.
0: Wow. Oh. Okay. Well, congratulations, Kieran. Thank you so much for coming on. Love the shirt. Love the wall. I will be getting yeah, you your gift card your support, out shortly. All right. <laughs> there you go. And if you would like to participate in trivia, I'm going to drop the link in the chats here. Uh, we'll also drop it on YouTube at comic book live. But in the meantime, bunch of comics coming out this week, bunch of new comics. Pete, what are you looking forward to? I tell you,
1: there's a bunch of great comics coming out, but I'm looking forward to the uh, Slumber Number One and Detective Comics 1057. Just action-packed! Uh, what what a, an emotional roller coaster and so much fun that's been.
0: I'm gonna give a shout out to Reckoning War Trial of the Watcher Number One from Marvel. This uh, Reckoning War thing that Dead Slot has been building up to pretty much his entire career at Marvel. It's wild that he's finally getting to do it. Um, without spoiling too much, this book is wild. I'm very excited for all of you to read it. And all of those are going to be in the snack Podcast that goes up Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the Comic Book Club feed, as well as its own dedicated Stack feed. And folks, that is it for this week's shoes couple of people we want to thank we want to thank Dr. Travis Langley for coming on don't forget to check out yeah. Batman and psychology and next week we're going to have another guest returning guest here Alex Segura is going to be back on to talk about his new novel secret identity which is a oh, mystery great to catch over them set in the world of comic books so that should be very cool a couple of things to plug we recently had a new episode of let's hear it for the boys our boys podcast went up also Riverdale after dark or Riverdale podcast should be returning this week. The show's back on Sunday as we're taping this. Patreon.com slash comic book club. Support the show and all the shows you do, as well as get involved in our March Madness bracket. Again, really pulling for Psycho Pirate in that. I think it's good win. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time. Good night. Thanks everybody.
1: Couches and they let us see good week. Occasionally day up a special guest week. So grab your written halo.